The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Singer-songwriter Joe Lynn Turner is best known for his work with Rainbow, Ingve Malmsteen, and Deep Purple. He took over as lead singer of Rainbow in 1980, writing songs with guitarist Richie Blackmore and bassist producer Roger Glover. He then became Deep Purple's lead singer in 1989. Joe has also performed with the likes of Billy Joel, Mick Jones, and Lita Ford, to name a few. Now he has released his 11th solo album, as I've got Joe Lynn Turner on the line right now. Hey, Jim. How's it going, man? Joe Lynn Turner here. I'm great, Joe. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, You're in Europe at the moment? Yeah, I'm in Eastern Europe. But a pleasure to be talking to you there in Vegas, man. I got a lot of friends there. Spent some time there. It's it's just a happening town. Congratulations on what I think is your 11th solo album, Belly of the Beast. You took a break from the solo stuff for a while, yes? Yes, I did, purposely. I took a break purposely to sort of get my head together, change direction, and uh, have a deeper perspective about what I wanted to do as an artist. And uh, Belly of the Beast uh, is a reflection of society. It's a darker album. It's a heavier album. It is a melodic metal album, uh, which we, Peter Tachrin and I, Peter Tachrin, by the way, from Pain and Hypocrisy, what we tried to do was bridge the gap, put one foot in the hard rock melodic genre and another foot in the industrial metal genre and go straight up the middle and come up with a melodic metal album called Belly of the Beast. It's heavy hitting, it's dark, and it does takes no prisoners. I can hear all of that, um, having listened to most of it, and it's meaningful, it's artistic. I mean, does that type of thoughtfulness come with age and experience, would you say? Well, I think I think does, of course, yeah. I think artistry can either mature or wither away. Uh, in my case, um, I had I had a revelation, I had epiphany, or as they call it, a dark night of the soul. And I, it, that's a song on my on the album as well. It's about reflection of your purposefulness in life and why we do things and why we don't. And I really had to take stock of myself, and that's why I stayed out of us. I I stayed out of the solo albums for a while simply because I needed to regroup to recoup. And I knew I always wanted to do an album like this. And when I met Peter and we had a camaraderie and a chemistry, I just knew for sure that this was the way to go and this is the way to stay. So we uh, we teamed up and we, we went right up the middle, as I said, and made that bridge between the two genres. And I believe that we and we've happened. We've been getting incredible reviews and and uh, and response from this record. So I, I couldn't be more grateful to all all the friends and fans that, that have listened to it and bought it and, and really understand the messaging, because you're right about that. The messaging is about what's happening now in our society, in our world. I think art is a reflection of society. It is a mirror image. It should be anyway to any artist. That's what I tried to do. I just looked around and said, well, it's not the time for hearts and flowers, guys. Uh-huh. It's, it's right now it's time for... Some serious subjects and some serious issues, and I'm trying to wake and shake people up to say, look, 
take a look around you. Get off the Netflix for a minute and see where the hell we're going in this world. I like what you uh, said about uh, performing in the early days. You were the lead singer of Rainbow and then becoming Deep Purple's lead singer. What about working with Richie Blackmore and how would you describe that situation? Because there were ups and downs, but for the most part, man, you guys did some great stuff. Well, that's a, thank you. That's, that's just it. Richie knew what he wanted to do, you know, when he... When he broke away from Dio and then from Bonnet, he knew what he wanted to have. And he, we sat down and had conversations about the fact that, look, you want to get on the radio. You want to get on the MTV. You, you, you have such great chops here. Richie's a really good writer. Um, and, uh, he needed a partner. And, and it's the same for me. I needed a great instrumentalist like him. And we came up as you said, with some really great material for Rainbow, for that incarnation of Rainbow. And uh, we accomplished that mission. We charted big time, and we played big concerts, and just got the notoriety, I think, that, that we deserved. And some of these songs are still classics, still being played. Yes. And uh, we just have no regrets about that. As far as difficulty, well, you know, when you're dealing with a Richie Blackmore or a Malmsteen, these guys are super, they're, shall we say, they they know what they want. They're perfectionists. And I understand that because in my own way, I'm the same way. And yeah, there's a rub, and sometimes there were arguments. But as they say, out of the fire comes steel. And that's what happens. You create that fire, and you just, at the end of the, the product becomes steel. It's very hard, very great uh, product. And that's what we lived up to that, you know, those songs are still living in infamy here. People are always thinking that this this era of Rainbow, not to dispute anything with Dio, because I love that era as well, but this was a different challenge, and we knew what we were doing. This is where we were going. By the way, Joe, a weird, interesting fact, and you can verify that Richie Blackmore was a huge fan of ABBA, and you guys actually hung out with them in a club one night? Oh, absolutely. He loved ABBA. I mean... It, First time I, I found that out, you know, I walked into Richie's condo because we, when we were doing records, we'd all have our own, like, apartments. And I walked in, and he's got, you know, a dancing queen on. And I'm like, um, <laughs> just the radio? He goes, no, I'm playing it. And yeah. I go, you like Abba? And he goes, yeah, they're great. They're melodic. I love this, this, that. I said, that's when I knew that behind the darkness yes. was, was, a guy, was a guy full of melody, you know, and, and actually uh, the arrangements that we came up with, et cetera. He, he really had, you know, more or less commercial sensibilities. And there's nothing wrong with commercial type, when we say commercial music. Because Rainbow, our incarnation of Rainbow, right? And you can attest to this, Jim. We also had integrity. We had the rock. We had the roll. But we also had the hooks. Yeah, I I remember you in an interview saying that you and Richie would stay in castles and there there would be seances. And I think you guys even did a seance with Jimmy Page at one point. Oh, yeah, in the Funny Farm in London. That's right. Yeah, we were always doing that. That's true. And we had some very serious paranormal experiences. But if you look at the Rainbow Records and you go in deep, into the deep cuts and you look at Eyes of Fire or if you look at, uh, uh, what would be another one, um, 
Stranded, and you take you take some of the darker songs, you know, Fire Dance and stuff like that. We were we were still playing around with that stuff, but then we'd have your Street of Dreams, your Stone Cold, yeah. Jealous Lovers, your Tearing at My Hearts, you know. We'd have things, you know, that would kind of cross over. So we were real conscious of that, you know, Death Valley Driver. You know, we we were conscious of what we were doing and where we were going. Boy, I have so many more questions for you, but we're out of time. Joe Lynn Turner's Belly of the Beast. It's available at iTunes, Spotify, and JoeLynnTurner.com. Joe, you're one of the most authentic artists I know, and I, I love your work. Great talking to you, buddy. Thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate those words. And, and, and may I say thank you. And, and the fans out there and my friends for the love and support that they've given me all these years because I'm here because they're there because I'm here. You know, without them, I'm nothing. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate it and love it. Thanks, Joe. Stay free. There he goes, the great vocalist, Joe Lynn Turner. And that finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks, as always, for stopping by. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. Hey,